This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, and welcome to another episode of MarketScale Software and Technology Podcast. I'm your host, James Kent. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to listen to previous or upcoming episodes, head on over to marketscale.com industries and look for software and technology. There you can check out our podcasts, videos, and articles as well. Lots of great content available. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple's podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe to MarketScale Radio, MarketScale Technology, and MarketScale Manufacturing. On today's podcast, we're chatting about VARs, those value-added resellers that have made a migration into a complete solutions architect. And joining us today for this discussion is Kobe Phillips from Talaris. He's here with me. Kobe is the Vice President of Business Development for Cloud at Talaris. Kobe, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, James. And joining Kobe are Kyle Holmes, President of Matrix Networks, and Ryan Graven, Vice President of Matrix Networks. Kyle and Ryan, great to speak with you both as well. Thank you, James. Thank you very much. I'm going to let the three of you take over now, and let's just get right into the topic. So, Kyle, Ryan, thanks uh, for jumping on this with me. And what I really wanted to talk about is the evolution of Matrix uh, Networks from maybe some legacy, you know, VAR slash whatever it was, you know, PBX vendor to really what you guys have become now. And, you know, I'd love to give you guys the room to just, you know, last thing I ever want to do is put you in a box of you're an MSP, you're a VAR, you're this. So tell us how you guys see Matrix. Well, Matrix was founded in 1984 and has a long history of evolving with the market. And I think for many years, we would have qualified ourselves as a, a VAR or value-added reseller. But as time has gone on, we've really focused on that integration and customization and services delivery perspective, creating our own product sets that are built within the market to support the coming solutions that are out there. And with that, we've kind of pivoted to be less of a VAR who just kind of installs boxes and more of a service provider and a monitoring long-term partner for our clients. Having the history that you had, what what was it that you know made you see the landscape and triggered that change and that approach? There are a lot of different things all kind of happening at the same time. And in 2016, 2017, we've been observing the, the cloud telephony market, the UCAS market, and felt that it wasn't mature. It wasn't, it wasn't quite ready for game time. We've always taken the approach of the experience for the client is the most important thing and that it has to be reliable and it has to be quality. And when we evaluated the systems on the market, we really felt it wasn't there yet. And so uh, we started looking what all our alternatives were. And um, we discovered SD-WAN. And as soon as we discovered SD-WAN and started testing and playing with it, we found that it really improved the performance of these platforms that were based in the cloud. And through that, we started thinking about how do we help our clients to not only migrate their voice solutions to the cloud, but, but all the different solutions that they're looking to take to the cloud. 
and making sure that the roads, the highways that get them there are as fast as possible, that they have the tools to be able to monitor and analyze them and understand really what their environment is like. You know, at that point, come 2016, 2017, we jumped in. And at the time we were, you know, what we would qualify as a Shortel VAR. We were, we were very focused on that Shortel telephony product along with some networking products. And um, we jumped in two feet with their cloud product. And at the same time, jumped in with SD-WAN and really cut our teeth learning how to do this in the best way possible. And as time went on, we kind of added to that portfolio and have become a full service shop to be able to help people with that migration, whatever destination they, they may be headed. So that probably really opened up a lot of different avenues for you, it sounds like, from your legacy beginnings. Uh, would you say, you know, what whenever you started to look at this, what was the first step that you guys took because you're it's changing you know more than just the technology approach but also probably a lot around the business going from more of that legacy big one-time type sale to more of a recurring revenue model that you're that you're adding to your to your bottom line what would you say the first step is in in each of those kobe that's a that's a tough question because it takes a synchronized approach in order to be effective at this of course the first step in anything like this is to start learning and adopting the technology and selling it to your clients so that you can you know, become more efficient with it and also adopting the technology yourself. Uh, but structurally, we had to change the way our business was operating. You know, we'd invested in technicians that were, were focused on kind of more lower level type technology, uh, understood how to program a, a phone system, but maybe didn't understand the inner workings of how a network or uh, the WAN or optimization was really supposed to be performed. So we went through a process of not only educating our staff, but also bringing on personnel that made sense. And there was a, there were hard times during that, you know, uh, making the change and making the shift is, is challenging and it's scary. Um, but, you know, it, with, with the right investments and the right strategy, it really can have huge dividends pay off in the long run. Also jump in there and just say what was most important was evaluating the vice president's compensation plan. But after we got through <laughs> that portion of it and on to the other side and in all seriousness, you know, the way that salespeople were compensated, the way that, you know, commissions were dealt out. I mean, if you're thinking strategically about how to make this pivot, that's a big shift. And it's a hard conversation to have, especially with legacy sales folks. Um, so evaluating that, coming up with something, tweaking as we went was all part of the success of making that migration. So kind of keeping an open mind frame of knowing that you're going to have to be agile as you make this pivot sounds like a really important piece of that, right? And in it sounds like you guys took a really strong approach to not only what's best for the end user, but also the the employees, as Ryan just kind of highlighted with how do we approach this and make it the adoption rate of what we're trying to do here higher? Yeah, one of the biggest challenges we see when we talk to you know competitors and, and friends in the market is how to compensate salespeople that are used to the traditional model of project work. They're used to making a sale and making a big chunk of money, and that's how their entire organizations were built. But today, that, that same revenue may be split, spread out across 24 to 36 months. Um, so it took some planning, both on the business side, but also some accommodations of what the sales team needed in order to feel motivated, excited, and, and protect their families. And would you guys say that with this approach, it's probably also expanded your reach even into these into your customer base, I would assume. I've seen that happen time after time where, you know, they were looking at you for your the Shortel relationship, but now all of a sudden you can come to them with solutions across all planes of technology. 
Yeah, it's a it's a double edged sword, Kobe. Um, you know, it, it's both where we're we're shifting our organization, and we have to deal with the perception of us being a a VAR or a phone system provider, and explaining that we're more than that, and we can do more for the client, and that our skill sets actually lie elsewhere, is a, is a challenging conversation, but also a great one because our engagement with our clients that that see that has gone through the roof to the point where we've actually, you know, implemented an internal client success team that's just dedicated to supporting and managing and having regular cadence of communication and um, education to our existing client base. And that's not only paid off for them in, in dramatic ways, but also for us as we continue to, uh, you know, find new ways to support the client and new ways to produce revenue for the organization while delivering great services. Yeah, the delicate shifting of a brand is not an easy road to hoe. Um, I've been personally in charge of the Matrix Networks brand for just over nine years now. And having that, you know, customer service focused, value added reseller, best shortel support was really what I kind of walked into. And so shifting that conversation with not only our clients, but also within the, the marketing initiatives was a really long and challenging road. And when I hear the term VAR, I cringe. You know, when I hear the term MSP, I double cringe. Um, I like to think of us as an MCP, a managed connectivity provider. And, you know, we don't even know who our competition is anymore, to be honest, and that's a great place to be in. But it took a lot of work and a lot of energy and effort and sweat to get there. It sounds like you guys have really built some good processes around this and really committed to it at an early, you know, when you said this is the way we're going to go with it, you really committed to it and put some really cool processes around it. You've, you mentioned a couple of the teams that you guys have. Would you say, you know, in talking to other people in the industry and, you know, other competitors, even what have you seen as that where people have failed the most that were you guys, you know, learn, maybe learn from that and said, OK, we got to do this a little bit different. Is, was there any anything in particular that, that you guys saw out there that kind of I opened your eyes to to anything? Uh, you know, I've been part of different peer groups and, and observed different things. And one of the lessons I learned from others, you know, that the, the most successful uh, folks I was talking to were those that did have a strong carrier practice had a strong recurring revenue base, and they had that to lean on when there were times that are, you know, troublesome, like we are experiencing today. And that was something that clicked for me very early and just made sense. This is something we need to do to flatten out the revenue and just simplify life and make sure we're here for our clients long term. I mean, if we have a steady flow of income, that means we're not going to be abandoning them. We're going to be there for them through the good times, the bad times, and have the flexibility to uh, pivot and work with them. Yeah, I'd say just general stubbornness. You know, I mean, I've, I've been in the peer groups Kyle's mentioning. I have a few of my own and, you know, I feel like 75% of the market, even today in June 2020, is still struggling to make that pivot because they're holding on to what has made them successful for decades, right? I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day. It takes a long time. But once you get to that other side, you know, the benefits and stability to your company is priceless. But I think another big challenge is the age of the, you know, industry and that so many of, of the owners and uh, major contributors are of an age where they, they aren't necessarily looking to innovate their businesses in the way that, that we chose to. And I think it helped that we had a, a relatively youthful staff. And those that weren't were excited about innovation and adoption of new technology. And I think that some of the, the folks that I've talked to, it's, it's they not only have to steer the ship for themselves and make this big 
philosophical change, they also have to change the entire culture of the organization, which is a major hurdle for a lot of organizations. I appreciate the the thoughtfulness behind those answers. Whenever you guys set out to do this, you know, Kyle, this was this was kind of your baby, right? As you came, as you started to kind of helm the organization, this was this was your vision. Did you have a time frame that you thought it would take to make this, you know, pivot? I certainly did, but I mean, it's it's something we did as a management team. It wasn't a solo run here, and I think Ryan can speak to this pretty well, actually. When I uh, when I think about that, you know, I, we're talking about forecasting really, right? I mean, forecasting is one of those just things that we can't avoid in this industry with so many vendors, right? And I manage salespeople. I mean, ask them for a forecast. It's always one month, two month, four month, never off, right? (laughs) So when we sat down and tried to plan this out, sure, we had we had an idea in mind. I mean, what do you think, Kyle? Two, two and a half, three years before we would start recouping the benefits of this investment? Yeah, that sounds about right. The lo- the hardest part about it again was that was that cultural shift and painting the picture of where we all wanted to go. Right? It wasn't just hey, we're selling cloud now. Great, go do it. It was like hey, let's all be more successful, more wealthy, more stable because we are going to put in the investment, build the practices, and launch in a new direction that is uncomfortable at first, don't get me wrong. But as we started to grow and as we started to have have success, you know, that energy feeds down to the team, not just on the sales side, but on the operations too. You know, there's a bit of a swagger in the Matrix Networks culture that was never there before. There's just so many variables that can affect how long it takes to make that turn in terms of each person's unique vision of how they're going to approach this. I mean, Um, If you're essentially abandoning a hardware business and going to the cloud and that's your plan, you better make that pivot very, very fast. Um, Otherwise, you need some sort of interim plan to kind of migrate over over a period of time. There's a lot of considerations when building a time frame. And we we had one of two to three years. Um, At the end of the day, I think it took closer to three to four. And, uh, you know, we, we did fine through that time. But you know, we, we would have loved to have made that turn more quickly if we'd had better resources and and better tools. So, guys, you, you've touched on a couple of the pain points um, in the conversation already. But is there anything in particular, too, as you guys look back at this, the journey you guys have made in the, the transition where you're like, man, there are a couple of things that were a little bit more difficult than maybe we even thought they would be or, or encountered a, along the way? Yeah, great question, Kobe. It, it is kind of a conversation about how you manage the the personalities going forward, looking back at our transition to a client success team and what that meant from a traditional sales management uh, standpoint and the sales executives that, uh, that are working hard to be account managers, asking them to go out and be peer hunters. You know, that was a critical pivot for us. And, and looking back, I think it's one of the best things that we did was dedicate a team to help our clients uh, learn more of the capabilities that we could do as their technology partner and have education and long lasting relationships so that that bottom, you know, 80% of your client base doesn't fall by the wayside. Yeah. For me, the hardest thing was the people part of it and just the personal part of it. My ideal with all personnel here, essentially at Matrix at the end of the day. And, you know, as we made this transition, we had to let some really great people go. Some people that you know had been within our organization and loyal for a long time, people we cared about, but that didn't fit on our bus as we like to put it anymore. 
And um, that was really, really hard to go through that process and tell these people who had dedicated so much of their lives to our company that there really wasn't a spot for them any longer. So that, that was probably the hardest thing for me personally. And then, you know, on, in addition to that, less so, but also true was some of the relationships that we'd had with existing vendors that, you know, didn't really fit into our puzzle any longer. And, you know, that we'd built really solid relationships with these people. And at the same time, we had to make a pivot and go a different direction. And we recognized that. And sometimes in business, we do things that, you know, we don't, we don't love to do. It's the hard stuff, but it was the right decisions. And all the other people that are involved with the organization and all the other vendors have seen the huge benefits of those changes that we made. Yeah, I can certainly see how that those would be definitely more of the difficult things that you'd have to encounter. So thanks for thanks again for the insightfulness on that. And really, you know, I've got just maybe another question or two for you guys. I think this one this one might be a little bit more fun to talk about. What's the thing that you're most proud of in that you guys have accomplished in this journey? The thing that I'm most proud of is making this shift. You know, the thing that I'm most proud of is building a culture of success and and being along for the ride. You know, we mentioned it earlier. This this was Kyle's baby, is Kyle's baby, and being the the second hand, you know, the right hand man to to the architect here has been an awesome journey. Personally, just being a part of this transformation and seeing the success and all of the hard work that we have put in is incredible. And I, I'm I'm so fortunate to have spent the last nine years of my life being a part of it. Yeah, it definitely for me too. The 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 pride is around the people and the advances I've seen within our own organization adopting the methodologies and the culture that we have, you know, pushed down into the organization. Very very proud that we've gotten through this as a team and that we're more close knit than ever. And we're we're a smaller team than we were before, but I think we're a more potent team and definitely very proud of that. I'm also proud that we made those hard decisions time and time again and took the risk and are seeing the payoff because a lot of organizations they look into the belly of the beast and you know they say well maybe this other area is a little safer for me right now and no one in our organization has done that they're always willing to jump in with two feet and take care of the client and then i guess the the other piece that that isn't mentioned here is is the impact to our clients which i'm very proud of and while we would be able to help them every, you know, 10 years or, you know, with a new phone system and a new design and, you know, every now and then perhaps we'd help them with some sort of support issues or, or small tweaks to the system, the impacts we're having to our clients today are dramatic and the impacts of their bottom line, the experience for their customers and the overall value we're able to provide is so much greater. That really brings a lot of pride to myself and I think the organization as a whole. Guys, I couldn't thank you enough for coming on, answering these questions and sharing your your insights and your success stories and, and some of the difficulties that you guys encountered along the way. I'm very privileged to work with you guys and see what you guys have set yourselves up to be as a beast in this space and do a tremendous job for your customers. So once again, thank you. I'm excited with the what the future holds for Matrix and, and you guys in particular. Kobe, Kyle, and Ryan, uh, just as we wrap up, kind of curious uh, to Kyle and Ryan, what, what do you feel if you could do it all again? What, what, what might you have done differently about your transformation? You know, the thing that sticks out to me specifically is that we did make a, a tactical error. And when we first started migrating our customers to cloud platforms, we did not replace 
that hardware revenue, that, that project revenue with anything immediately. And it took us a while and we really had some financial strains for a period of time until we kind of figured this out. And it was just really key for us to find separate vertical spaces that we could deliver project work to our clients and continue to bring those big projects in while we built our book of business. And if you're in the business of selling phone systems, for example, and you're going to start selling cloud phone systems, you're going to find that 80, 90% of the folks are going to end up in that cloud environment and offsetting that revenue can be really challenging. So you're going to have to develop a second practice. You're going to have to develop a third practice. You have to expand what you're doing in order to be successful in today's market. If I had to do anything different, I would personally sign up with Telaris a lot sooner. And I'm not just <laughs> saying that because Kobe's paying me under the table. It's a genuine statement. You know, It is invaluable to have a partner that truly has your back, that can expedite the process of orders, that can be that you know trusted partner to help you navigate these waters. And Telaris has been there for us for many years and supported marketing initiatives, have supported us from back-end finances, from, you know, you name it. The partnership with your, with your distributor or your master agent, if you will, is paramount to your success in making this pivot. Well, I appreciate the kind words and uh, do not take them lightly, guys. And uh, we could not be more thankful to be a partner in a partnership with, with Matrix and all that you guys bring to the table as well. So thank you. Thank you, Kobe. All right, Kobe, Kyle, and Ryan, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Once again, I'd like to thank my guests, Kobe Phillips, Vice President of Business Development Cloud for Tolaris, Kyle Holmes, President of Matrix Networks, and Ryan Graven, Vice President of Matrix Networks. And thank you for tuning in to the Software and Technology Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. If you like what you heard, we have lots of past episodes available on marketscale.com slash industries, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Don't forget to leave a rating and a comment. Let us know what you'd like to hear covered on a future episode. I've been your host, James Kent. Let's talk again soon.